back in time with me for a spell. Back to when the wild things they were not for sale. And what was sacred had not yet been forgotten before our minds became clouded and filled with the rot. There was one, at least one in each and every clan. I am Lady Stars and Fire, and I'm here with Hell Hippie tonight. Say hi, Hell Hippie. No, you can't make me. Okay, well, you can't talk to him then. Um, you're listening to Otherland Dreams. I do what I want. He's a stubborn ass. <laughs> I reflect both of those statements. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you for tuning in with us here tonight at Otherland Dreams, or, you know, whatever time it is you are listening to to this show so thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us and more or less we're going to be talking tonight about uh the lower world it, it, we're, we're going back in and having like a rediscussion or getting deeper into the lower world so to speak because it was a request we had to go back over the three worlds see listener requests are honored <laughs> yes, we. I mean, we want to make you happy. That's why we're doing the show. <laughs> so we're going to go back into that and and get into you know all three worlds on different shows. We're not going to touch base on all three in one show. That would really be a waste of your time. And right, ours. it'd be a, pretty much the same thing you'd received before. So we're going to devote a, uh, a show a episode to each of the three to get more involved <coughs> to help the uh, the neonate. Learn a little bit more. <laughs> Here's but, a fancy fucking word for you. Neonate? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Look it up. I can't. You won't let me use my phone. <laughs> Homework. <laughs> anyway, so like I said, we're going to be doing tonight's show on the lower world. And I might talk a little bit about the middle world because, you know, you kind of have to go through the middle world in order to locate and find the lower world. But I, I wanted to get into that. But on my way over here, I was, you know, whining a little bit about Mercury Retrograde finally coming to an end and being thankful. I only got two fucking days left of Mercury Retrograde. When it hit me, and I mean, Mercury Retrograde doesn't always cause problems for me, but, you know, certain ones do. I think that's for each one of us. And we, it's in water, and it's got me thinking. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because, you know, it's a, uh, one of my, uh, my, my, my moon in my natal chart is in Cancer. So when we're in a retrograde in water, it's like double water for me, which made me realize on a deeper level why the snake in the lower world for me fits perfectly for doing the healing that I go through because, you know, snakes need to shed their skin and I'm over, I'm an over emotional basket case. Wouldn't you agree? Sure. <laughs> I was like, I'm not putting myself down, but I, I, I was like, Hey, that makes sense. <laughs> and it actually all goes with tonight's show. Anyway. Um, because that's one of the things you do when you're in the lower world. You learn of your power animals, your guides, and what they mean and and what they can bring to you. But in general, let's just go back to the lower world. What is the lower world? The world that is lower. 
<laughs> you know, I was starting, I keep wanting to call it The Underworld. No, that was a a series of movies. One was really good. The rest of them kind of sucked. But, yeah, I know that. But it, I always want to call it The Underworld because it's inside of you. It's in your emotions. But we're in, in, in a form, when you're talking about the world tree and traveling the three worlds, it is the same. Even though we look at it as the lower world on the, what? You're looking at me like I'm a moron. Like, I mean, when you look at it as you're traveling the world tree, which is what the upper, lower, and middle world are, it's the levels of the tree in a form. But when you're talking about you in general, it feels like it's going in the underworld, like the, your inner world. Uh, yeah, I, I'm waiting for it now. That, that's just how I feel about it. That doesn't make <laughs> What's it under? <laughs> under the skin. Is it? It's inside of you. Only inside of you? What did he just say? Inside of you. <laughs> I thought he was singing. Only in a better voice. <laughs> I, I was like, it's, I thought that he was singing Silent Night, like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're disturbing his gaming. <laughs> no, I mean, well, it is inside of you. Only inside of you? That was the question I asked. Well, no, I mean, so, so, so it's but, not, but I, I observe so that doesn't it that way. That doesn't classify as under. So what's it under? So it classifies underworld. It's Fine, not, it's the lower world. <laughs> it's not your undercarriage that needs to be clean. Otherwise you get stinky. <laughs> you it's, not, uh, it's not underground, even though a lot of us visualize going through a tunnel or going into a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, swimming to the bottom of a, a lake or a pond to find another tunnel that goes you under the world. It's not under the ground. It's not under the skin. Technically, it's everywhere and nowhere at once. See, but... Okay, and this is, and I kind of brought it up this way though, because one of the things when people are going in to learning how to journey and learning how to not just meditate and be stuck in the middle world, right, and actually steer it into a different direction is when they start getting in, whether you want to call it shamanism, whatever. I mean, as you start to steer the journey, you're learning to go into the upper and lower world, not just the middle world. And a lot of people, will have a misconsumption and they connect the lower world in their mind with evil, with darkness, with, you know, the shadow or the negative. Yeah, and a lot of books even classify it that way. And I think in my mind or... I don't, I don't associate it with negative. I don't associate it with, you know, evil. But I do associate it with sometimes with shadow, with what you're in denial of. Because obviously you you seek out guidance and healing there. You know what I'm saying? So in a form, I also look at it as an inward underworld because I'm going into myself deeper. So I guess that's why in my mind I see it that way. But I don't really associate it with evil or negative. Right, and it's, uh, the way I equate it is, you know, they call it the lower realm, or lower world, however you want to phrase it. If I could speak enough of a foreign language to throw it out <laughs> in another language, I would, but 
No, je ne parle pas français, ne parle anglais. N'est-ce pas? It's about as far as I get. I was going to say, come back to English because I don't have a clue what the hell you said. <laughs> I said, no, I do not speak French, <laughs> but you speak English also. So if I ever find myself in France for some reason, I say that sentence. If they don't start speaking English, I'll go move on to the next asshole. <laughs> So I'm prepared in France to find somebody to speak English. <laughs> But uh, in the book, Exploring Shamanism, Using Ancient Rites to Discover the Unlimited Healing Powers of Cosmos and Consciousness by Hilary S. Webb, uh, it states, In its most negative context, the lower world has been associated in the Christian tradition as hell a place of infinite suffering from which all evils and ills of the world stem. Although the lower, lower world can be a place of difficult challenges and trials, as well as beauty, shamanic philosophy does not consider such adversities to be purely evil or good. In fact, shamanism in general rejects the idea of dualism as opposing forces and instead considers them to be what in the Peruvian tradition is called, <coughs> I ain't saying that fucking word, <laughs> uh, complementary opposites. Light and dark, creation and destruction, each are, each are a part of the twofold and complementary character of the universe that can be likened to two sides of a coin. Each exists only in relation with the other, inseparable, interdeterminate, and in a continual state of interchange. The universe depends on it, for the rhythm of the world is the rhythm of its alterations. And, and that's true. I mean... So what I was... Uh, the point I was driving home with that is... Yeah, some people can, can look at it in that way, but it's only looking at one part of the picture. You know, there's the old saying that there's it's not one side of the story, there's the other side of the story, then there's the truth. There's the head sides of the coin, the tail side of the coin, and then the actual fucking coin. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get you. I, I usually see it a different way when it's like telling the truth and getting stories from people and then put them together and you have the true story. Eventually, it's the same kind of concept. But shut up. <laughs> That's just the way my brain works. Different from yours, saying the same thing. It's just funny because you kind of repeated something I just said. I did, but I'm saying it's the way my brain takes it. Anyway, shut up, both of you. Because <laughs> Eric's over there shaking his head, too, like, damn it. <laughs> but, all right, I mean, yeah, because in the deep... His name's E.K. E.K., the DJ. The Wizard of Fred. The Wizard of Fred? The Wizard of Fred. Where? Why Why Fred? Fredericksburg. Oh, Fred. Okay. FXBG Public Radio Fredericksburg. I get it, but I, I wasn't putting Fred as Fredericksburg. I was like, who the fuck is Fred? Fred is not that creepy guy that drives around in a pedophile van in your neighborhood. No. 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 E. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, off that subject. Head on to a new one. Which is something you will not find in the lower world. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, but I mean, all right, I mean, when you get into shamanism in general, I mean, yeah, the up, it, it, it's it's the light and the dark must exist, but that's also because they're an equal part of creating the oneness, and more or less, the dark is also usually just has to deal with a healing that needs to be made in general. Now, when we're talking about the lower world, Like I said, there's often a misconception that, you know, the lower world is a dark place. It's associated with negative, with e with ego, with shadow, with the evil. And I brought this into it first because the lower world, after you've been there and you've started going there, I mean, 
Hellhumpy and I have had conversations about this before and on the shows and stuff, and I view the lower world in a different way that he does. So the way I see it does not mean that's how everyone would see it. And same with him. I mean, you're going to see things the way that you will see them versus, you know, anybody else that you talk to. It may not match. It probably won't because the uh, the state of consciousness that you achieve when you enter that theta wave state, the the spirits I, for is one way to describe it. The great mystery is the way I, I pretend uh, I personally look at it is going to communicate with you in a way that it's going to reach you best. Where Lady Stars and Fire and I are complete opposites in many, many ways. So what <laughs> she's going to see is going to be different than what I'm going to see because they're going to send her messages that she's going. She I can is comprehend going to com- exactly versus what I can comprehend. Exactly, and the reason I I state that though, like I said, because he sees things one way, I see things another, and in fact, I see things in a couple different ways. One of overall, these things is not like overall. The other. He usually sees things, I think, in the same way when he sees it, but I see it in different ways because of the way my vision is. Because sometimes I only see things in blackness with starry, like starry images that show up, and then sometimes I actually see, you know, like an earth-based world. And the reason I get into that is the lower world is more or less like you know, went straight to Gaia is the way I see it. it. It went cut through the bullshit. There's no longer any middle world. Middle world is what you consider ordinary reality. However, when you go into the middle world itself, it's, it's much like the world you live in, but a little bit different because it's, it's, you know, it, it's a different level of consciousness of that realm. Then you go up or you go down and you have to learn to steer your tunnel, so to speak, that way, which I'll come back for in a moment, and get you to the upper or the lower world. Now, when you get there, there's there's a form that lets you know that you've made it. Um, and, and the reason I'm going into this is because when I first started going in to my journeying and I first started, you know, to walk on that ideal of a shamanic path and, you know, move into the upper worlds and the lower worlds, you know, I still had inside of me some of that misconsumption of, you know, the lower world being evil. I did. All right. And as I was first going, I mean, I didn't mean to, but unconsciously, my subconscious, I guess, still kind of was a little bit, you know, worried about it. So when I was going to the lower world for the first time in my classes and I was learning how to do it, I got kicked out by a thing that I swear looks like Groot on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was on my way down. I found the tunnel. I'm starting to go down it, and I'm trying to get there. And all of a sudden, this thing that looks like Groot comes in front of me, stands in front of me, puts his hand up, says no, and basically, like, hit me on my forehead and set me back out. Well, you know what that means. I was in the middle world. No, that means it wasn't group. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't group, but that's what it looked like to me. Well, because he would have said, I am group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, that's the only thing that ever stuck in my mind. I was like, what the fuck is this? But that was the whole point. I wasn't going to get there. I was steering myself into a misunderstanding of a realm that's fragmented off of the middle realm of the middle world and 
this is why I'm explaining this, because you have to learn how to direct yourself or you're going to end up in the wrong place. The spirits just knew that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, that I was getting it wrong, that my denial and my subconscious of still, you know, having a little bit of worry about it actually being an evil place knew that I wasn't going to get where I was supposed to be going. And this is why I got, you know, that middle world fragmented off you know, energy that came out that reminded me of Groot on fire that just like, I said no, and pushed me back. I am Groot. <laughs> but that was the first I time I Bill went. I am <laughs> But that was the first time I went. And, you know, and it, it, I had to work through it to where I actually got there. And then once I got there, I, I started to learn, you know, it definitely is not anything like those misconceptions are, but you have, you have to learn that. And you're never going to get lost in any of the worlds. However, if you're messing with the middle world, you really do want your spirit guides with you because they fragment off into a whole lot of other funky junk. And that's not always a good place. It's not necessarily a positive place or a negative place. It can be just as good or bad as the world that we live in. Now, typically, the underworld or the lower world, sorry, the lower world and the higher world, upper world, are more compassionate places. They're more compassionate places with more compassionate spirits. And they're there to help you heal and learn. Uh, you'll usually deal with, you know, nature in the lower world. Anything that, like I said, is kind of like going to Gaia as a root. I mean, and everything that she has, everything that is part of her, the animals, anything from a normal natural animal that exists to, you know, the ones that are not actually real, as people would say, like my dragon. What you look like you're about to say something. No, I'm just seeing where you're going with this. I mean, so you can you can pick, but I mean, you'll learn from animals. You'll get your animal guides. You'll get your animal power. You'll learn from them. You'll learn to learn how to work with them, and that's mainly what the lower world is going to come to. Is going to be the animals and the plants and learning from that. So it, I see it as just go to the root, go to Gaia, and ask what's up. And ask for guidance and ask for help. Where the upper world is more of a teacher's instead of helpers. If you get what I'm saying. I feel like the upper world is more of a teacher and it teaches you one thing where the lower world are helpers. But you're going to get more compassion out of them. They're not going to necessarily go into the middle world unless, unless you've asked for them to meet you and help you and bring you somewhere. Because the middle world is not always as compassionate and as nice, just as our real world is not. Not at all. But there's reasons why you go to the lower world. You're going there, you know, to help you understand a current situation that you may be in, to find a current healing, to learn what your what your animal guides are, what your power animal is, um, to get messages from them to uh, learn how to communicate better with them, uh, to understand them, because you definitely have to learn to understand them. Some people will pick that up very easily. I mean, you've heard me before on the show come back every... I mean, usually I pick up what my guides have to say pretty well. 
And that's because they're my guides. I know what they mean when they talk to me. However, every once in a while, they come back with, with something that I'm like, what the fuck was that? I, I, don't, I don't have a clue. And I've brought it up on the show just, you know, to bring it up on the show as well as just to get some idea of what Hill Hippie may have to say about it. And he may have been right sometimes and sometimes he wasn't, you know. I mean, like I said, as your guides communicate with you and you learn how to communicate with them better and actually develop a relationship, then you pretty much know how to communicate with them. But at first, it's going to take some trying. But like I said, at first, you have to learn, first off, how to get there without getting kicked out like I had to with some group looking on fire, dude. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say about that? It's not a tree. It's an int. <laughs> I don't care. It, it was weird. <laughs> it, it was looking for the uh, the overflowing waters of the river Eisen. That way it could uh, put itself out. <laughs> All I know is it slapped me on my forehead and I was out of the journey and back and going, what the fuck just happened here? At least it didn't smack you on your ass. Nope, 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 nope. I, it was like, it was like, and that was, but that was my whole point. Because where I went was like, my mind created exactly what I was afraid of because it was like a world of fire. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a world of fire and here comes this tree thing on now. So, I mean, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. If you don't know how to steer yourself and redirect yourself, you're going to have to work at it because you may find yourself not getting where you planned. Now. It could be <clears throat> your own preconceptions guiding you then actually making the journey and seeing what is being sent. That being said, there's also the concept of if once you're starting to make your journey, you're traveling down the tunnel, if you encounter horned or fanged beings, for lack of a better term, it's not just necessarily like animals or creatures, but it could be like monsters or anything that's horned and fanged is usually a sign turn around and go back. You're not meant to go to that realm to, uh, at this point in time. Unless you're having a dismemberment. A dismemberment is not going to be from the lower world, and that's usually something. A dismemberment is does happen to people on their journey, and sometimes it will happen several times on their journey. And it, it will typically happen in the middle world more than the lower world. But... A dismemberment, more or less, is spirit is going to rip you apart, literally, dismember you. And what they're doing is helping remove ego. And then you're, like, reborn again. And you're not going to have any control, because it's like your inner demons are coming out to rip you apart. Right, but that's usually once you've arrived, not while you're in the tunnel. They will, yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, and the reason I say that is because I've had about five. And they ripped you apart in the tunnel? They ripped me out of the tunnel. They ripped me out of the tunnel, and one time my higher self did it to me. So, uh, anyway, let's get back on that because that's a whole other subject. Yeah, well, it's like the time I got snatched by Condor and taken to the upper world. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes in the tunnel, weird things will happen. But the idea is for you to be open-minded enough 
to be able to go down the tunnel. <laughs> for you to be able to go down the tunnel to direct yourself, actually have control over yourself. See, because that's another thing. When you first get in there, they they watching you more than you realize. And they're seeing what kind of power, what kind of strength, restraint you have. Because they're learning of you and where you stand at the same point. But you, trust me, they do. Because when the first few times that we went into the lower worlds and stuff, we were told on purpose, you do not interact. Just go in a little bit and look around. And do not interact because it has to do with restraint. You're teaching them that you can hold your own. Because, like, okay, example, when you first started merging with Bear, and Bear would kind of jump in a little bit more and try to, a little bit more than you were comfortable with. <laughs> but remember what I'm saying? I remember you going That was confirmation. This. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you have to teach them, I said, no, this is my body and this is not, uh, we're not going to do this shit now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like, if you're driving down the fucking road and you've gotten to that relationship with them and they want to jump in, it might not be exactly the smartest thing to let them jump in. See, I'm still not convinced that that's what's going on with you. I, I think you're just uh, going off into la-la land and you're using that as an excuse. Oh, no, I do let them jump in when I drive. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> I, I mean, don't do as I do. <laughs> I have a dragon. What can I say? I'm weaving through that traffic. <laughs> but, no, the idea is not to do that. It's to, it's to, it's to you know, put that standard, that boundary in, and let them know that you have control over your body. And there's an important part to that. Of as you're learning, as you're growing, and you're learning to merge with them and learn from them and communicate with them, you're also being able to hold your own, but you're also learning how to, when you do come across spirits that are uncompassionate, especially if you're in the middle world, you're learning how to not let them in. You're learning how to kick them out when they try to get in. And that's a reason why your guides are paying attention to these things. But first off, if you're trying to get to the lower world, you have to get past the idea of your mind trying to tell you what it's like and what your misconsumption might be and come into the open-mindedness and figure out what kind of tunnel you got to go through to get there. Right. It's, it, it takes a little bit to weed through what is ego and what is message. And actually see what is being given. Yeah, and just now, be. I, I actually said that to a friend of mine like twice today. Just be. Be. Just be and breathe. Yeah. Uh, something you uh, just said I found interesting. That you were taught in your classes to, in your first couple of journeys, just to just go look around and not interact. That is exactly opposite for me in my first couple of journeys. Our first couple of journeys was, here I am. It was all about the initial journeys that I took were trying to find, you know, the spirit guides. You know, and the first ones that popped up were not the ones that actually were my totem. Exactly. But you know what? Me and Squirrel had some fun, yo. <laughs> well, Squirrel is one of yours. Yeah. But he's not the one. Yeah. 
You ain't got to tell me. I know, but that's what I'm saying. That was your misconsumption. You went in and you just, I'm here. Let me see what I can play with and learn and na 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 And Squirrel come up and said, hey, let's find some nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got a dirty mind. Crazy! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it needs to be done at least once an episode. And we didn't do it at all in Shock Monkeys today. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really listen to... I tried to listen to Shock Monkey, but I was really tired and I kept falling asleep. Yeah, if you want a good laugh, despite <laughs> her and her falling asleep, uh, check out Shock Monkey Radio Tuesdays from uh, 6 to 7 here on FXBG Public Radio or your, uh, anywhere that you're, uh, you like to download your podcasts. Yeah, normally I love the show. I was, I've just been really exhausted lately. It's good. It's funny. It's, uh, you got a madman at the helm and a crazy little heel hippie. Holding on for dear life, going, good God, what are we doing? <laughs> All right, but let me get back on the subject. So, you know, you're learning how to steer yourself. You're learning how to be open-minded and, and to just be and get where you're going. Now, they will tell you, you know, to try to figure out a tunnel or, or you know, some people... <coughs> You know, we'll think of it. Let, let me, you know, imagine what I need to to get me there. And they'll go into, like, this, like, dreamlike state of, you know, consciousness or, uh, you know, they're, they're thinking it through. It's a meditation. Let me, let me put this in my head and let me imagine me going to the woods and finding this tree trunk and, oh, it has a hole in it. So let me crawl down it like Alice in Wonderland. You know, different people will come up Phrasing. with different... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> different people will come up with different ways of how they get there. What their imagination uses to get them down the tunnel. <laughs> Very well done, because you were about to do it again. <laughs> I know. I was like... <laughs> so, the idea is to get you down the tunnel. Now, for me... I quit trying all that shit. As soon as I go into meditation, I wait for the colors to come into my eyes. You know, and I know I'm going right into meditation. Let me clear my mind. And then once the meditation and the colors in my eyes start, I push them in a specific direction, creating a tunnel. And as soon as the tunnel starts, I push the tunnel up or I push the tunnel down. If the tunnel pushes back, on me and won't go up or down. Like, I've learned from time to time, I need to go to the upper world, but my mind is telling me I need to go to the lower world. So I'll try to push that tunnel down and follow it down, but the tunnel says no and it will go up. And that's because my guides know better than me and they're going to go in the wrong direction, stupid. Fair enough. You know, so I've learned, that's what I'm saying by just be. I, I, I know the direction of what I need to do. And if I'm wrong, then they'll set me right. And if I can't steer it in any way, I know I'm going into the middle world and at least prepare for the middle world. Mm -hmm. But when you're going to the upper or the lower world, when you get to the end of that tunnel and you break through, you should know it. It's not going to be the same as entering into the middle world and whether it's, any of the fragmented realms of the middle world. There's going to be a difference. You're going to know that you've hit the upper world or you hit the lower world because of some kind of breakthrough that you are going to feel, typically on the body. 
and in one form or another, because uh, you discussed how it felt for you before, which is obviously you know completely different for me. I come through in the water, but in non-ordinary reality, you could come through in the middle of the sky. Right. I mean, the water could actually be running the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. You know, non-ordinary reality is similar to like like what I said. You, if you were going to the lower world, it, it could be similar to going to Gaia. In all of her wonderful forms, you know, and and whatnot. But for me, like I said, I'm an over-emotional person. So it makes sense that I come through in the water. I swim from underneath the water and I come up out of it. And then I'm breathing like in a lake or a pond or something. When I get there, I'm always in the water. So when I break through, I feel as if my body just dived into water. I feel like water just flowed over my whole body. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know I've arrived. How, don't, don't you have a way that you said you felt it before? Like, It's, how do I put it? If I remember, you said you felt like you were being squished, like you were trying to crawl some, through something. No, no, no. That's the journey through the tunnel itself. It always gets tighter right before I I come out. But how it feels in the actual lower world itself, it's it's the air. Okay. The air takes a shift and change as you come into it? It feels heavier. And I don't mean heavier as in thick and soupy like on a hot humid day it, it's there's just more pressure and okay. it's not like it's squeezing you or it hurts it's just i'm using these terms and it, it honestly the uh, human language is not capable of accurately describing some of the things you experience in these journeys and the air is one of them You're the upper right. realm for me i to this day i cannot describe to you, what I saw when I went to the upper world, it, it it is beyond my comprehension. And the first time I went there, you know, I'd always felt that what I was experiencing was real. But that experience is what proved to me that it was real because I couldn't have come up with that in my own mind. <laughs> but it's literally it's just the way the air feels, and that's what tells me that I'm there. Because, you know, the eyesight is not as good. Nowhere near as clear and as focused. It's that dark light I've described to you in the past. It's like a uh, it's like a storm where the rain hasn't started to fall and yet the skies are cloudy and with these dark black clouds overhead. Not that I'm actually seeing dark clouds overhead, but it's like that type of environment. But on the edges there would be the sunlight breaking through so <coughs> it's not completely dark and gray and black so you've got some vividness to it. It's it's an extremely weird thing to describe and try, to try to put into words. Uh, that's how he sees it. Um, you know, in the lower world. Now for me, once I break through, I feel, like I said, it feels like I just dived into a pool, more or less. Like I just, all of a sudden, I just feel water that just went across my whole body and an energy shift. And that's, for me, how I know I got there. But when I get there, it can be different things. Sometimes I feel it as if it's, you know, well, not feel it. I see it as if it's, like, just a completely beautiful world. Like, I came up in, in, in you know, 
this wonderful place, uh, island, whatever, lake. It could be anything. I, I, I don't ever see, like, buildings there. I don't see, it's, it's all nature. I don't see buildings. I don't see people. I see animals, you know, and and so forth, or plants. Uh, I could be in a lake. I could be in a river when I come out. And, and then, you know, it just looks like the beautiful world. I could be, you know, looking from the water up at a cliff. I don't know. It could be anything. But then I also have, and this is why I was saying it earlier, I have two different kinds. Because sometimes, and I think this has to do with, for me, in truth, on how open-minded I am and how comfortable I am versus the question I went with. Because it's important to divide, to, to, to come up with a question, focus on it, and go where you want to go if you want to get that answer. Right. You know, otherwise, God only knows what answers you're going to receive. But if you're after a specific question, you need to stick with that question and go there with that intention and set that intention. And like I said, sometimes when I get there, depending on, I think, what the intention has been, sometimes I try too hard, and when I am trying too hard, when I get there, everything's black. And I see things like in stars, like the images of of the outline of, you know, a cliff, or the animals might be coming in, and they're like a starry images, and the stars would be, you know, because I see in green when that happens. Everything's black but the starry images, and then I see the animal or whatever. So depending on how open-minded I am, I see a beautiful nature world or I see the stars. So my point is, is it's, like I said, there's never any definite as to what you're going to see and how it's going to come out for you. Uh, but I do think it has to do with how comfortable you are. And I, I've said before, I try too hard. If I go in with a focus and an intention, which is what you need, sometimes I'm in, I'm using that intention so hard that I'm not just being, and therefore they're having more trouble communicating with me. And that's important for you to realize as you're learning to do these journeys and steer the direction and know when you've landed there because you'll feel that shift or that change that will tell you you've gotten there. Right. Now, with that being said, like Hill Hippie was saying, when he first got there, you know, he went in with this explorer attitude and let me just look around. Where we were taught, you know, you need to step back, you can observe, but you don't really interact. And there's a reason for that, like I said, because of when you're learning to deal with things that aren't always as compassionate, your compassionate helpers and guides, as you come to know them, will test you and push you because they're trying to teach you and help you. But they're also doing it because they're seeing what at the same time they can get away with and what they can work with you on and what they, you know, they're learning how to deal with you. But they're also teaching you how to protect yourself from spirits that aren't as compassionate and might be harmful to you. And this is why you're first told, you know, stand back, don't interact, because you're teaching them, I have strength, I have restraint. And then, you know, the first time or two you go in and you do that. Then the second time, now we'll start exploring and the idea is to try to find our guides. Or at least your main power animal. Your main power guide, your main totem, so to speak. Because... Your forever friend. Yeah, you're told that the way we are told is... There's so many people out there who think, you know, without ever journeying, without ever doing a soul retrieval, 
There is definitely a difference. I can go out here and be, you know, some fool who's like, my God is this because, you know, I've dreamt of him or, or I see them all the time or I just want it to be my guide. No, don't work that way. Your guides come and go. Now, some are meant to be with you forever. Mm-hmm. Some are meant to be with you forever. And then some come and go depending on what you need. Depending on what healing it is or what guidance it is, what kind of guide they are, you know. But some are meant to be there on purpose for good. Now, the idea is to know that you're also finding one that's definitely meant to be with you on purpose for good is you're going to see them at least three times. <laughs> yeah. If you've been, if it, like, like it, he'll have you laughing because Bear's with him like every freaking day. You know, Bear's standing in the room right now looking at me. So, <laughs> so I mean. Or, or the way that he, uh, he had shown himself to me long before I even ever awakened and I was too stupid at that point in time to realize it. And even after my awakening, I still hadn't realized that he was with me in the way he just literally smacked me upside the head with his paw. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you have to learn to get along with them because they're not. Sometimes they love you, but sometimes their communication it doesn't doesn't feel loving. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's tough love from time to time, you know. Yeah. And it's not because they don't care. It's because they care. Right. Think about it. They're, uh, do you think emotions are strictly for human beings? Or can other entities, you know, do other things besides humans experience love? Do animals experience love? Gingers don't. <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing! We have no control over EK. <laughs> Uh, we'd like to take this point in time to <coughs> state that the uh, the opinions of EK the DJ do not necessarily represent those of uh, FXBG Public Radio, uh, Other Land Dreams, Lady Stars and Fire, or Heel Hippie. <laughs> Sorry, gingers. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> he may not. But, we... <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so uh, the idea is, is you're going to at least come across them three times. And... That's how you know they're meant to be with you, if they keep coming back. Now, once they're with you and you start to actually develop a relationship with them, you merge with them. You know, you learn how to understand how they feel because you merged with them. But you don't do this stuff until after you've, you've met them three times and you've hung out with them. And this is how you start to get a soul retrieval because you can't actually gain their power until that happens. And until you gain their power, you can't learn how to also be able to share that power, share that healing, and send it out to others through them. So it's important that you, you, know, you learn these things, but some guides are meant to come and go. Some are only there to bring you messages. Some, like his bear... Or my dragon. I have. I mean, several. You don't have to have one guide. You can have several. Right. I mean, there might be one that's over, really overpowering the rest. You know, but you can have several. I mean, and like I said, certain ones do certain things. Just like I was saying in the beginning of the show, my snake happens to be my healer. My wolf happens to be the psychopomp, and the dragon. <laughs> the dragon is just the one that's there with me all the time. Right. So there's different ones for different things. Where Where are you at, honey? Where am I at? Yeah. I'm at FXBG Public Radio Studios. I'm saying, are you ready then? 
That's what. I was validating, but then I looked up and I got thrown off. That's why I said, where are you at? I, I'm going to stop using <laughs> silent hand signals <laughs> at all. Because <laughs> they seem to be pointless. Let's see, this is the thing. He does things to try to tell me what time it is. And we need to move on and we need to do this. And I, I have no fucking help at all. <laughs> I just look at him and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> one minute <laughs> means you got one minute to wrap it up that way we can move on to the next segment and I turned it to him like the circle uh -huh. <laughs> okay right, uh, help done. me here. <laughs> one minute right or wrap it up that's about it I'll give three minute two minute one minute warnings and a wrap it up and then I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Are you ready? Are you done? And like, I, I know. I'm a pain in the ass. I love you, though. <laughs> You're not a pain in the ass. You're a pain in the arse. <laughs> you got to get the Irish in it. Because <laughs> it's harder and more gritty. <laughs> and a really bad accent. I apologize. But he enjoys doing it. Uh, more than I want to admit. See? <laughs> All right. Well, well, well. Our solar activity with uh, from SolarHam.com literally starts off with well, well, well. <laughs> what well, happens to be a very weak shock passage, if you even want to call it that, was just observed by the Discover spacecraft. The solar winds increased slightly from around 270 kilometers per second to nearly 300 kilometers per second, along with a small but sudden increase in the plasma density and temperature. The BZ component of the interplanetary magnetic field, the IMF, remains pointed north at the moment, a condition that could suppress a noteworthy geomagnetic increase. We shall see what uh, several uh, the next several hours brings. This is what occurred, uh, what was posted on the 24th, based on a coronal mass ejection on the 24th. Or I'm sorry, on the 23rd. Uh, the update from that. It was that the ground-based magnetic... Uh, magnet, uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Thank you. Sorry. The ground-based magnetometers just observed a weak uh, geomagnetic sudden impulse. This signals the exact moment that the sun's interplanetary... Uh, interplant... I'm pulling a madman, and I can't speak a word that I know and I've used a thousand times. Interplanetary... <laughs> now you know how I feel every day of my life. <laughs> Karma? <laughs> it's a bitch. Uh, this signals the exact moment that the shockwave in between planets passed our passed our planet. The current solar wind speed is 300 kilometers per second, and the BZ slash IMF component is at 4.3 north. Based on this data, the geomagnetic storming is not likely to be uh, is not likely in the uh, in the <coughs> short term. However. Additional fluctuations would be possible in the next hours ahead. And there was no updates from that, so it went foof, and we got nothing. It went foof. 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 <laughs> Isn't it poof? <laughs> it went poof. <laughs> no, see, I, I think of a poof and there's a smoke effect. This just went foof. It was, our little magnetosphere just went I don't know why when you go, foof, I think of like a little white ball, just like a furry ball, like a cartoon ball, go, psh, like fly across the table. 
<laughs> like a little white tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway. <clears throat> so, all righty. As I get into the astrology this week, before I get into the astrology, um, Spirit did give me some guidance to give uh, with everybody this week. And uh, there's going to be... All right, first off, you have Venus, which moved into Pisces today on the 26th. And Mercury is going to be in retrograde still until the 28th. You still have two days left. But Venus has moved into Pisces with Mercury, with Neptune, and technically still with Vista. And so it's bringing a whole new level of sensitivity to the last two days of that Mercury retrograde. And don't forget, Mercury retrograde is going to go into shadow still for two weeks. <clears throat> so even though it will be now moving directly and the madman inside will no longer just be talking inwardly to yourself, it will still be in shadow and it will be, you know, looking at some of those darker aspects that it's been talking to you about for the last three weeks. But now it's starting to communicate it outwardly. And like I said, Venus is going to add a whole new sensitivity to that to that whirlwind or tidal wave or tsunami that you have going on for these last two days. Now, I am being told by spirit, this is like a final purging, a little, a little bit of a final purging and purification, depending on where you are on your path, will depend on if it's little waves or a freaking tsunami that's coming in and smacking you down that last little bit. But it is purification. You're cleaning out to make room for the new. Spirit gives me a foghorn. And I'm just here. Leghorn? Huh? Leghorn? Foghorn. Like Leghorn? Leghorn? Come on, man. What do you call it? Foghorn, leghorn? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm slow. Oh, <laughs> I, I say, I say, I say. He, he was so sad. Oh, <laughs> thank you, EK. <laughs> no, all right. Well, it, I'm ignoring him. Go back to where I was. Spirit gives me a foghorn. More or less, is there? It's as you're coming around the corner before you like ready to get off the ship, so to speak. It you hear like the sound of the foghorn go off. So it's speaking to you of that warning that's coming in. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, but don't worry, it don't stink. <laughs> it comes it speaks to you of the warning that's coming in, the purification, that last purging, and this is or the final ohm before you get to an actual ohm, more or less. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. And I am being reminded as we go through this week and we're learning. I'm done with both of you. <laughs> and as we're learning how to make it through this week and into those changes. Like I said, you should feel yourself come full circle. You know. Yeah, freezing. <laughs> fuck off, both of you. You should feel yourself. Never mind. I'm done. <laughs> Because you should be going through a darker spot coming out. <laughs> no matter what I say, both of you leave the room. <laughs> I'm still like the last thing. It's nothing you said recently. Okay. Um, <clears throat> good. <laughs> but you should be coming through like a through a darker spot, you know, real fast as you end Mercury retrograde. You're hitting a little bit of that shadow. 
because Jupiter is getting ready to go retrograde. So you start to see the light of the subjects, you know, come come to play and the changes should start to be coming to light. I would originally, I originally was saying around the 10th of April, but I'm pushing it a little bit further back towards the middle of the month. Come that full moon, you should be feeling more of full circle. But here is what I'm being told by spirit. Most importantly, while we're starting to realize the changes that need to be made, don't go and let ego trick you into thinking that, long story short, don't, put, don't take yourself out of one jail and put yourself in another. Don't let your addictions and your bad habits, you know, that you're trying to change, don't turn around and put them, think that you've taken care of them by changing that addiction. You've healed that addiction. You've stopped that addiction. You know, I'm trying to heal this and I'm going to actually do something else. But when actually what you've done is trade one jail for a jail cell for another, one addiction for another, one bad habit for another. You don't want to do that right now. You want to make sure that you're actually learning to think for yourself, that you're standing up for the things, asking the questions you need to ask, and you're making the changes you need to make, and you're not just taking one addiction and switching it out for another one, more or less, is what they're reminding me of as we come into this. Now, you have a chain reaction that is going to be lasting all week, but Truthfully, this chain reaction, with a little bit of shifting going on, is going to be uh, taking place all month. And this has to do with karmic changes. Uh, the key that everybody's leaving out, any other astrologers are leaving out in this, is right now a lot has to do with Chiron and a lot has to do with the south node. But this specific chain reaction that's going to last all month has to do with the north and south node. Everybody's leaving the south node out of this, which is just amazing to me that they're leaving it out. You have this chain reaction that the north node in Cancer is trining Neptune and Mars. Now, these two are not, not Neptune and Mars, Neptune and Mercury. And as it goes direct and goes into shadow, these two are coupling up, which is making you want to be a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more understanding, a little bit more seeing things but at the same time Neptune is full of illusion and you want to make sure that 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 you're, you're you want to give the proper compassion you want to give the proper love and give it a chance but you also want to don't want to be the idiot that had the wool pulled over his eyes okay so you're going to be noticing that over this month because like I said there's still that illusion of something that's not truly showing itself until mid April. Now the North Node is speaking to you in Cancer about something about the root of who and what you are that needs to change because it's created you to not be as good as you could be. It's something about the root of who and what you are and the very home of who and what you are as well as your home here. Something about this has to change. But the problem is it's speaking to Neptune and Mercury and it's getting a little confused as to what's illusion and what's not. It's kind of like a memory. When you have a memory and you look back on something and you could think that the memory was an awesome memory. You could think it was a great day, it was a loving memory, da-da-da-da-da. But the other person may not feel the same. That may be something that's in your head. And you saw it that way. But the other person may completely disagree with you and think that the day wasn't anywhere near the same kind of energy. You know, and that is the illusion. It's not always what you might think or what you think you feel. 
And you want to make sure that you're really sifting through that. Because while this energy is sextiling the south node Pluto and can't the south node Pluto and Saturn in Capricorn, this is speaking to you about karmic uh, karmic lessons that you're not changing and it's going to deal with the public with prestige with parenting it's going to deal with your outer world versus your inner world you know and balance and are you properly balancing because there's something here that you've gotten entirely way too comfortable with and you've gotten good at that's no longer serving you and uh, it has to to do with changing those rules, walls, and boundaries. Rules, walls, and boundaries. And you think that, you know, I shouldn't have to necessarily change them because this, I'm comfortable with this. It's worked well for me. Yeah, it's gotten you lazy. It's gotten you to where you're not evolving. And because we're talking about the South Node on top of the rules, walls, and boundaries, which is pattern, Saturn and Pluto, which is saying there's there's a soulful change from your inner world to your outer world um, that's going on from the core of who and what you are that needs to be shifting and you need to figure out what it is that you need to reshift those rules, walls, and boundaries because it's meant to help you evolve and move forward. You need to step out of that comfort zone because all of that goes right back and it squares again the south node. I mean the north node, which is in cancer. So it's saying something in that outer world, something about that structure is no longer serving you. You're holding on to it like it's serving you because you've gotten comfortable with it and you've come to accept it for what it is and you stay that way, but you're not actually evolving because you're comfortable with it. So this is the time to start noticing that because this is actually a positive energy that's coming in all week, I mean all month, trying to help you shift those karmic energies. Now this week, directly, you also have Mars, which is moving into uh, Gemini on the 31st. Three minutes. Smart ass. <laughs> Mars is moving into Gemini on the 31st. Now, this could be good and this could be bad. It really depends on where you take that Mars energy. Mars is your passion, your action, your fire, your aggression, your sexual energy. And up until the 31st, it's still in Taurus, which is talking to you about self-worth, self-value, self-esteem. But in Gemini, Gemini is Jekyll and Hyde. You don't really know which side you're going to be dealing with, Jekyll or Hyde. And it's really like, I like this now, and now I don't like this, and now I want this, and then I'm curious about that. And it's, it's very mind-changing. It's very, you know, opposition of, let me, let me figure out what I want to do. And like I said, you don't know on a Mars energy if you're coming or going, and you're speaking you know, with Gemini in this, that coming and going, you just don't know, especially when it comes into the sexual energies, the power of that passion, that fire, and that aggression. It is trining Pluto, though. It's giving you the opportunity to change some rules, walls, and boundaries, to step out of your uncomfortable zone, and to make new changes that can soulfully help you if you're willing to take that chance. However, Interplanetary. God damn it, I knew I'd get it out of my mouth. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> they didn't get to hear what Eric said. 
All right. But so anyway, that Mars energy is not getting along with Lilith and it's not getting along with Venus. So it's going to be touching uncomfortable sensitivities. It's going to be touching ego bases that are going to, you know, make you uncomfortable. But if you're willing to make the change, there's something that you can learn here because it's sextiling Jupiter. Jupiter right now is in Sagittarius and it's, it's, it's in the uh, it's in Sagittarius, which is the universal ninth house. I keep saying that this has everything to do with Jupiter being in shadow is starting to speak to you about everything your higher self is trying to tell you that you ain't getting right. What are you not doing that's not serving you? Because Jupiter's trying to give you those hints. These are the changes you need to make. Lilith, like I said, in Venus is going to be touching on the uncomfortability of the need of making those changes, the need of letting that ego shift, and you don't always have to be right. You need to sometimes take the chance. And Chiron this week is also getting along with Mars, and so is Vista, which means the wounded healer within is trying to help you see what shifts need to be made so that you can make the different changes. The moon all week has got all kinds of energy and is going to be speaking with Chiron all week long. Like I said, trust your intuition and trust your higher knowing of what needs to shift and be willing to step out of your comfort zone. With that being said, I love you guys. <laughs> see, I give him it. I love you guys. He looks at me like, what, you're done? <laughs> I had something in my throat. I was trying to clear it without. Well, you know, suck it uh, fast. <laughs> Phrase it. And wouldn't that be uh, your job? Hey, there are gay guys. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'm not one of them. Good night, everybody. We love you. Uh, we'd like to take this moment in time to remind everybody to uh, go out and uh, consider becoming a patron of us. Patreon, however you pronounce it. I don't know. All I know is we got goodies out there for y'all. The full-length uh, video episodes are up. Uh, they're just waiting on you to see. Uh, $1 a month gets you access to all of those. We've got uh, a second tier, uh, $50 a month, that gets you access to all lower tiers, which right now is just the video shows, but it also gets you one a free reading with Lady Stars and Fire uh, per month. So it's not like you pay every month and you only get the one reading. You get a, a reading every month from her, access to all the video shows. And there will be, uh, I know we're going to do some uh, mushroom hunting and forest walks here as the weather warms up. We'll be uh, taking a full video of that and posting it, uh, some of it for you to uh, see on my YouTube channel at Hill Hippie. Straight up, just look for Hill Hippie on YouTube. And some of it will be behind the... Uh, uh, behind the one of the tiers at Patreon, some of the the better, the more juicier, fun. Uh, yeah, we'll be making a whole lot more videos and stuff for you guys in the future. The fun nature walks will be there. Uh, also, go out, sport your uh, Otherland Dreams apparel. Check out our t uh, store on Teespring, uh, teespring.com slash store slash Otherland Dreams. Two words. Uh Check them out. We've got uh, several T-shirts. We've got a pullover hoodie. Uh, no way. We got a tank top up there. Uh, more designs are in the works right now. The bull, uh, once those are added to the store, I'll let everybody know. But uh, thank you again for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Your fingers up. Yeah, I was just saying before you finished. Also, if you, if you forget what he said as to where to go, all that stuff too, you can just go to ladystarsandfire.com and then go on to Otherland Dreams because everything will link you to where you need to go. 
as well. So if you can't remember where he said, just come to my website and look it up, and then it'll direct you. There you go. Uh, that All that being said, yeah, go check out LadyStarsAndFire.com. You can find our <laughs> Patreon site. You can find our Teespring store. And, again, like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends about us. And uh, support all of our uh, wonderful shows here on FXBG Public Radio. Uh, with that being said, thank you all for listening. And may all your journeys be safe ones, especially to the lower world. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. 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 Somebody stop my bad singing. <laughs> Come now, my darling, and step back in time with me for a spell. Back to what